everyone, and welcome to the second episode of the Long Podcast Studio Session Speak Now era. I'm your host, Dylan Mark Murphy, and I am so excited to continue talking about my all-time favorite Taylor Swift album. I'm joined today with one of my favorite TikTok mutuals, like top 10, hands down, absolutely adore this human being with my entire existence. Um, Addie, Addie, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us your favorite Taylor Swift album, how long you've been a Swifty, anything you want to share. Hi guys, my name's Addie. My pronouns are she, her. Um, man, I have been a Swifty since Taylor Swift came out. I really have been on board for a long time. Um, she was one of my mom and I's favorites when she dropped the first album. Um, Southern girl loved the country stuff. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's been a long time. Um, I would have to say when I think of my favorite Taylor Swift album, I always say fearless, but then I look at the track list of speak now and I think, and I will get into this, but I conflate a lot of tracks that are on speak now with ones that are on fearless. So I love them both. I think like some of my favorite songs are on speak now, but like, when I think of my favorite album, I'd probably say fearless or evermore now it's tricky. Oh, but go ahead, man. You know, I could really go on because this is going to be a whole thing and we don't have time for this, but like favorite era lover. So it's tricky. They're all, they all have different. Um, what are the like requirements or criteria? Cause like your favorite yeah. era probably isn't like if they've used your favorite album, there's a very small chance that that's your favorite era because that yeah. it was so short and it was like very brief, but that makes, that makes perfect sense. And I totally get the whole, your favorite era isn't your favorite album because my favorite era yeah. is Lover too. And my favorite yeah. album is Speak Now. What can we say? We love happiness. <laughs> it's so hard being happy people. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's really hard out here. Yeah, not a popular opinion. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I love that Speak Now is one of your favorite albums too because um, we are here talking about a Speak Now song, which is awesome. Um, we're talking about Sparks Fly, which is the second track on... Um, on Speak Now. We're going to jump into it, get to know a little bit about Addie and why this is one of her favorite Taylor Swift songs. So let's just absolutely jump right into it. Why is Sparks Fly one of your favorite Taylor Swift songs? So it's definitely up there for me because when I think of Taylor Swift, and I'm going to like use this phrase a lot, classic Taylor Swift. And here's what I mean when I say that before we jump in. Uh, let's do a little dictionary definition of this for me. Um when I say classic Taylor Swift, I mean like the first like four albums, like those feel like classic Taylor Swift being like a passionate, emotional song about love that makes you just want to kiss someone in the rain, like really get swept up in your emotions. And like, if you were falling in love, you would turn to those songs. That's classic Taylor Swift to me. Gotcha. So when I think of Sparks Fly, to me, that is like everything that that encapsulates. Like this song gives me like, that feeling of magic that I look for when I listen to a Taylor Swift song. Like it makes me want to fall in love with someone just for the feeling of being in love, like just to have that happiness and that like all encompassing, just like cinematic world of like what being in love is at a young age. And this song, every time it comes on, I feel myself like, transported to driving in a car and jamming out to the lyrics with my friends and my mom like we love these first few albums together so I think like that's why I always end up gravitating towards this one for sure 
That's that that's perfect. And I I I totally understand the classic Taylor Swift thing. That makes mm-hmm. perfect sense to me. And so many of her early songs, even on debut, have that that throw you into like a want to kissing someone, want to wanting to kiss someone in the rain kind of thing. Lots of those early albums definitely have that kind of content um in it. So that and this song specifically, this one, and I think like yep. like Fearless, like the title track are two of those like the perfect songs to give me those feels (laughs) yeah literally that's why I always go back to fearless too because those songs also like they even make me want to get dumped (laughs) in like a high school hallway you know what I mean I'm like I just want to feel something you know and those songs do it that's perfect that's a lot lot of emotion at the same time yeah (laughs) (laughs) um okay so this song specifically um I think I'm excited to hear this answer because this song and I think like Better Than Revenge kind of have um, my, the same concept in my head where it doesn't necessarily fit sonically on this album. But do you think yes. that this song makes sense in general on this album, like lyrically with the beat, with whatever? Does it make sense on Speak Now in general? Yeah, so I totally agree with you that like it's not necessarily out of place, but those two songs are definitely a bit more they're like kind of outliers for the rest of like musically what this album is I think um but that being said I think content wise the storytelling of it I think it does work on speak now because to me this album is like the like score to a movie of what falling in love at 20 years old is and I think this song is an essential chapter to that movie you know what I'm saying so like On Speak Now, I think it totally fits, yeah. I agree. I I do think, like, obviously, sonically, it's a little wonky, but I think that this song and even better than Revenge have the same elements that lots of other Speak Now songs, like Last Kiss and Haunted and um, uh, Never Grow Up. All of them kind of tell a whole story in Mm -hmm. a matter of, like, three minutes and 30 seconds. Like, yeah which is so impressive that you can tell beginning to end. And I know lots of people like look at all too well and they're like, oh, that is her best storytelling song ever because you get the whole, the whole journey. But like songs like Sparks Fly and, and the story of us and even Dear John, Dear John, they all do incredible jobs at like getting getting a whole story across in the span of like mm-hmm. five minutes tops and I think that because of all too well sometimes those other songs go overlooked because most people just immediately are like I walked through the door with you the air was cold I was like you're right it was cold yeah good, good stuff well <laughs> I mean people forget about other Shakespeare plays because of Hamlet so I mean I get it with all too well you know what I mean <laughs> you're right all too well is the Hamlet of Taylor's yes. discography <laughs> That's so, oh, that's so funny. <laughs> very specific. Yes. Um, I love that. Um, okay, so do you think that the track placement of this song makes sense? Um, this being sandwiched between mine, which is cutesy, happy love ballad, and um, back to December, which is, oh, heartbreak, uh, wish I could go back in time kind of thing. Do you think that it makes sense, once again, lyrically, sonically, storytelling wise? Yeah, um, I think, so I was looking at the track list and I don't know where else I would put it, honestly. Um, What I was thinking 
is that it does make sense initially. Like that's my first thought. And I think the, I was trying to figure out why I think it makes sense and why she would put it there. And I think to me, it could have been the opener for this album uh, because I think it gets you so jazzed, you know, like this song really makes, it just gets me so hyped up. And so it would make sense to me if this was the opener um, because it makes me want to hear the rest of the album. But I think mine is kind of a good uh, opening paragraph. And then Sparks Fly is almost like a thesis, you know, in a way. And then um, writing a paper when she wrote Speak Now. Yeah, she yeah, she's trying to get her doctorate. Um, And then Back to December, I think, is really good to come after it because it's almost like a rude awakening. Like it's like a complete flip. Like you get a total 180 of of mine being like so happy and sparks fly being so intense and then back to december is just as intense as sparks fly but in the most heartbreaking way so i think because like as we were just saying she is a storyteller first i think it was genius but it was mean what she did (laughs) when she put these back to back you know what i mean right and i think that People constantly talk about like, obviously it's it's true against every Taylor Swift album, like track five to track six, Whiplash, obviously, like mm-hmm. all too well into 22, tolerate it into nobody, no crime. But like something we don't talk about enough is that like all of Speak Now is Whiplash going like mine, which is cutesy, happy, sparks fly, rom-com cuteness, back to December, heartbreak, Speak Now, Stop the Wedding, Dear John, and then me, yeah, just wow. all the way through it. It's just well, when you when you write it out like that, it's actually like, girl, why are you doing this? <laughs> honestly, I have to ask myself every time I listen to this album, like, was there a reason? I want to sit down with Taylor Swift and be like, was there a reason that you put these songs in this order, or like, are you just you just going with the flow? She put them all into a random generator, and then just yeah each one that came out she put it down the list I mean I can say I have no doubt in my mind that one day you will sit down with Taylor Swift as the official historian on Taylor Swift and be like okay so tell us Taylor like what was up girl and she's gonna be like well Dylan thank you for asking the real questions that I've been dying to answer for years (laughs) manifesting that for you for episode 251 I'm 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 gonna get this interview with Taylor Swift and she's gonna think that I'm gonna ask her and be like okay so who is dear John about please tell me and I'm just gonna sit down with her and I'm immediately gonna be like okay so explain why you put dear John right before mean that doesn't make any sense none of this makes sense Taylor Swift Mm -hmm. yeah I'm I'll ask the hard-hitting questions rather than yeah the surface level ones (laughs) the people have to know that's I I'm just doing the community's work it's Mm -hmm. it's what I do best um (laughs) we um okay so do you think that this song would work well on any other album and this once again can be lyrically or sonically or whatnot if you took the lyrics gave it a different beat or if you took the beat and gave it different lyrics I guess do you think that it would fit somewhere else this is always a tricky question wow okay that's a very interesting question about changing up the music of it all, like changing up like just the instrumentation and the, the you know, music words of it I all know. and of it somewhere else. I don't, I, my choir teacher from high school would be so mad at me right now. Um, but 
uh wow you know okay this is like related to this question but not necessarily my answer but i saw a TikTok earlier i think this morning did you see this one where uh, this woman turned me into an evermore track yes <laughs> yeah like that was really interesting because you realize like a lot of her lyrics like work everywhere it's very versatile i think yeah um, um so that's genius it didn't take that into account in my answer though <laughs> not at all so um when i'm like thinking about this one and i feel like i've said this a lot already but it's just like so true for me but i think it would work on fearless because they are so similar in my brain like i think like um you get a lot of the here's what it's like to be in love feel love love yourself and the, love the version of yourself that you are when you're in love and then what happens to you when that's all ripped away and then um and then you know a song about mom somewhere in there um, but <laughs> you gotta sprinkle it in there yeah yeah um but yeah, I think it would work on Fearless. I'm not really sure where, but it's so interesting that in the beginning you mentioned that this song is similar to Fearless, like the song Fearless, because when I was thinking about what other album it would go on, I immediately thought of Fearless. And then I was looking at the track list and I was like, okay, but who could we swap? And it was Fearless was the only track that I was like, they do, they accomplish similar goals. Yeah. But then I guess if you took Fearless off of Fearless, it wouldn't be Fearless. It would be Sparks Fly. And that's not as cute. <laughs> no longer Fearless. I guess they, she could just renamed it Sparks Fly or something. So Yeah. Yeah. That would have worked for Curly Hair Era, I think. <laughs> Sparks yeah. Fly. Because <laughs> um, I know, I always ask that question because I think it's interesting. Some people, one, I saw TikTok that made a point that it was like, if it's nice to have a friend had folklore production, everyone and their mother would love that song. And Whoa. I think that's a hot take. And I think it's 100% accurate. I think it fits folklore's theme so well that it's like, it just, it, it's one of those things that like, if you just moved it over one album, I'm sure people would appreciate it a little more because so many people hate that song on Lover. And it's like, which is respectfully incorrect. I love that song so respectfully. much. I mean, there's not a song on Lover I don't love, but, um, Man, I yeah, I that's always such a hot take to me, but literally you wouldn't even have to change much around if you just put that song as is in my opinion on folklore. I think people would be like, "Oh, this is the fun one." Right. Yeah. <laughs> and what it's got it's August August oh my god, I can't August only competition on folklore. If you put it's nice to have a friend on there because they're both happy and are well, August is really sad, but it's upbeat and yeah it's nice to have a friend is happy so there's competition there because no one else is competing with august on folklore because no unfortunately the girls couldn't keep up no <laughs> none of them they're all kind of sad and that's the yeah. only upbeat that has like the slightest amount of a beat drop on folklore so yeah the rest of them are very sad and um i just don't think epiphany peace or hoax are gonna do what august is doing but oh well <laughs> so uh what is your your favorite part of this song like your all-time favorite part it can be a it can be like a, um an instrument it can be a lyric it could be the way she says like a single word whatever it may be what's your favorite part 
Okay, <clears throat> let me refer to my notes because <laughs> I, I really like when I tell you like there's not a single moment in this song that I don't absolutely go off when I listen to it. I had to like actually sit down and be like, but what is the moment that flips for me? Mm -hmm. um, but there's like so many parts of this song that just like the way she sings it is really satisfying. You know what I mean? Like, you know how Taylor always has like one or two lyrics here and there that just make you go like, Ooh, I liked that one. I like that choice. <laughs> um, I love like, um, when she goes, what I was thinking of my mind forgets to remind me you're a bad idea. I wrote these lyrics down and next to them in all caps. I said acting. <laughs> Yeah, your performance. She makes a meal, and I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just love like those little bits of like sassy Taylor that we get just in the way that she sings it there. But it has to be for me, hands down, the part that always makes me um, remember that this song is up there in my all-time favorites. It's get me with those green eyes, baby. As the lights go down, give me something that'll haunt me when you're not around. <laughs> because it's genius okay like what she's doing there is so good and I know that this song is about someone specific um Jake Owens or that's like the theory I know nothing about this yeah okay so okay I was hoping you would know something but if you don't then I feel a lot better um <laughs> I like don't know who this man is like Kiki Palmer style like walking down the street wouldn't know his name but <laughs> apparently they did this is like straight up gossip but like apparently they did gigs together and um she opened for him and so part of this is about like him introducing her on stage and then the lights going down for her performance to start so i love that part because when you meet someone or at least in my experience when i meet someone and i'm immediately like oh no i have feelings like I think about their, I notice their eyes right off the bat and I notice their smile. And I love this like visual image that she's created of like lights going down and dimming, but she still sees the green in their eyes, like in her mind, like she can still picture it. Um, so I just like love that whole part. Um, and I just love the beat of it. Like it's so satisfying. I always like pump my fist when the part comes on. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I, I really like the lyrics of this I just love I could go on forever but um I think the most genius part of this is the little easter egg that she gives us to Haunted later on in the album yeah. which by the way like if I had to pick a favorite song on Speak Now it's like Sparks Fly and Haunted are really like Haunted just does it for me. I can't even, God, I could say Thanks. so many things about her. I mean, yeah, thank you. Um, I was raised with a, a good palate. Um, but I love that little Easter egg because, and you said this earlier, Haunted also is kind of a standout on the album. You know, I mean, and quite frankly, in her whole discography, in my opinion, Haunted, like, gives you strings. Like, it gives you a full orchestra behind her. And, like, it was one of the first songs that we got from Taylor where it was a moment where you're like, Oh, she can, she has a big voice. She doesn't just have a pretty voice. Right. Like she can fill a space. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Cause before it was so singer songwriter, songwriter E. Mm -hmm. um, 
So I just love this like genius little allusion to that later on, because if you're listening to this album in order, which I highly recommend everyone does, because <laughs> um, it, it's really, there's a lot of stuff like that throughout this album, but I love like that that song almost comes out of nowhere at the end, mm. but she tells you in this song that is almost a polar opposite to Haunted, mm that the slow burn of this person that this song is about lasts in and comes up at unexpected moments for her right. so it's kind of like a genius little like she's writing a play yeah. <laughs> you know um, I, I had seen um um i think it's funny that that you know like theatrical stuff like that um i had seen a post on tiktok from uh, someone who's been on this podcast they posted that every theater kid is a speak now stan because of oh the, the theatrics, the the dramaticness of this album. It's it, like reputation is a close second because we came to the conclusion that if you, you know, really, really love theater and you love the dramatics, you're probably a speak now stan. And if you were ever cast as the understudy to the lead, you're a reputation stan. It's oh, <laughs> too much. It's too true. It's a good joke, a great joke, even. It's very, very specific, but it's it's not necessarily wrong. And I think that's just because both of those albums are so dramatic and theater kid that that it just captures a lot of our feelings and it's you were so, a theater kid right yeah i got a bachelor's in it me too okay <laughs> here we are this makes sense. kids if you want to end up here get that bachelor's in theater that's what we're here to say if you want to start a 200 episode podcast with people from tiktok and get your bachelor's with strangers on the internet <laughs> it's whatever sure <laughs> this is life um no I I I love that I 100% think that it's the most theatrical album and also I think with the fact that we've decided that this album is kind of written like um like a like a movie the whole the the beginning the foreshadowing of you know this this interaction and in sparks fly is going to leave me you know, give me something that'll haunt me when you're not around. And then it comes back up at the end. It's very like best friend at the beginning. And then maybe you messed it up and then you go through all this other heartbreak and then you come back to your best friend. You're like, oh, he was right for me all along. And then mm. obviously you get last kiss. So probably it didn't work out, but you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think it's interesting because I had no idea that Sparks Fly was interpreted that way because I've only seen it interpreted one way which is that it's about sex. And I had no yeah. clue that there was like, that the lights go down, that kind of thing. Like my brain hits like, I see one interpretation of it. And if I'm not proactive and don't go see it out myself, I just assume that that's what it is. So that's what I've always assumed it is. Yeah, I gotta say, I um, I don't know how much I buy into the theory about it being about this one guy one because respectfully who is he um but also I I've just never heard it that way and I totally get why it sounds like it could be one of her earlier songs about sex but I also to me it just sounds like an unrequited crush song right. like That's... you know yeah. like like just like when she's alone she's like oh they're so cute you know right. um, and it makes sense it makes sense for it to be an unrequited 
love song because that fits the theme of the album, which yeah makes a lot more sense to me than that one. And I just I love to see how some people on the internet are so dead set that they know exactly what this song is about and they are they're Taylor Swift historians and they're like I've met with Taylor Swift in private numerous times and I could tell you that this song is about what I say it's about because I'm right and you're wrong so I just love challenging the people's theories because there are so many people who are dead set on that that song's about you know sex or whatnot and I'm just like okay but what if we what if it wasn't and then they're always like no I'm right (laughs) I always think that about um like when people are so sure about certain songs being about certain lovers of hers, it's like, okay, I don't know. I I just, we don't know every single person she's ever been with either. Obviously. I mean, well, this is a whole other thing I could go on about forever, but (laughs) I digress. Um, But I always think it's interesting to like step back and think like, is there ever just a possibility too that, Taylor Swift is writing us just a love song, you know? Hot take, hot take. Not, Sorry. It's not, <laughs> it's not always about someone. And I think that right. that, what is it? Like she's suffering from the same, like Olivia Rodrigo is suffering from the same thing right now where the, the problem is that early Taylor Swift, like we know that Teardrops on My Guitar should have said no. And um, our song, Tim McGraw, all those are based on like actual people. And- mm-hmm. I think that accidentally built that narrative that every song she's ever going to write is about someone. And Olivia Rodrigo has the same thing going on where she like driver's license was so played out to be about Joshua Bassett. Good for you. Deja vu. Like that girl will never be able to release another song and people not assume that it's about Joshua Bassett because that's the only man who apparently has ever been in her life. I Yeah, I, that, poor Olivia she had like the biggest album of the year what does that even mean but you know what I mean it's like I hope that she can break out of that too because I think like Taylor's been so good at playing the game with her fans of that like she you can tell like obviously I'm sure it's not all great but to a certain extent she seems to have a lot of fun with it and I'm but I don't think that like everyone's made up to be able to handle that kind of attention on their love life. So for sure. Did you get tickets to Olivia's tour? I didn't. I didn't either. No. <laughs> Girl only had like 200 seats. Girl only has eight songs or whatever. Like I was like, what I went to um the I went to Harry Ween, the Harry Styles Halloween show. Uh-huh. And I'll tell you something that the kids at home won't tell you about that show. It was fantastic. <laughs> but you forget that he only has two albums. So he's on stage for like an hour. That's... Like we were out of Madison Square Garden by like, I don't know, 1030. It was an early night. My friend and I were on the subway home and we were like, oh, yeah, he doesn't really have a lot of songs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like worried about Olivia Rodrigo because aside from Good For You and Deja Vu and even Jealousy Mm -hmm. Jealousy those other eight songs are all very similar they're all acoustic guitar or piano ballad and brutal 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 um but But that's still only like what four or five it's it's the brutal is like two minutes long so it's like yeah 
I, oh, that's true. Her songs are short. They're all so short and they all have very similar, like maybe she'll perform something from like High School Musical, the musical, the series. That's my guess. Um, I would be so mad though if I paid uh, like so much money to hear Breaking well, Free. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would be very mad if I heard Breaking Free, but I have a feeling the people might be getting that. Oh no. I, I think that's also why she picked theaters instead of arenas because like theater shows are typically a lot shorter than like full-on arena stadium like reputation being like two and a half hours long it's like you're she's got 11 songs she's prepared to be on stage for 35 minutes and that's probably it I'm I'm she might sing a cover or something like um did you go to the rap tour no I didn't I okay actually I've never seen Taylor Swift in concert oh I'm dying to but um, I never have. Yeah, this next round, whatever she does, is going to be so difficult to get tickets to. So I would love to know what you think she's going to do, because I know we're both lover stands. So I when she came out with Lover and I think part of the reason that like I've never seen Taylor Swift in concert is just because the thought of getting those tickets has always seemed so daunting. Mm-hmm. And um lover was the first album where i was like i actually literally don't care how much she charges i'm gonna go and then it was you know then obviously COVID happened and and now we have just completely erased lover from history i guess and now we're in um the evermore folklore era but i'm really wanting to see those songs live because i think that they lend themselves so much to a high production concert but I'm also like how do those songs go in a concert where she's also playing Willow I don't know that's my first immediate thought was there are so many songs on Folklore and Evermore that just could not be played live you I cannot Mm -hmm. imagine going out onto a stage a tour and performing like like Taylor Swift is that kind of artist to sit down at a piano and perform you like a six minute song um yeah I just don't see like her playing like peace hoax my tears ricochet I just don't picture those songs being like on any set list and I think because we're like in the re-record era my best guess is that she's gonna do a greatest hits tour and it's gonna be like oh my god a huge shebang she'll do like maybe like 25 songs and then the surprise song will be like one random song that she never plays live probably won't be like like one of the later songs on folklore I feel like she probably still doesn't know the words to any of the Evermore songs so that's probably why we haven't got any live performances except for Willow (laughs) and you know what I'm so glad you bring it up because she is hurting my feelings with the Evermore erasure because of the two it's Evermore for me and the way that she just has spat on it and kicked it into the dirt with her pointy pointy heeled boots it's just so crazy to me she has some of her best songs on that album it's it's really I don't know it's it's odd because so many of those songs can't be uh, there's a lot more songs on Evermore that could be played live versus folklore like she performed Cardigan in August and I think Betty and that makes perfect sense but I really can't see very many of those other songs being 
played live, whereas Evermore, you do have Willow, Champagne Problems, Nobody, No Crime, long story short. Nobody, um, No Crime is a good point. Not mm-hmm. in an arena, you know, some of those songs, at least. Like, maybe, like, um, but see, she could never do small venues. I mean. No, people would kill her if she tried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or she'd have to perform, like, 200 times in like a week yeah that would um she'd have to have like a residency (laughs) at like some random theater in Chicago or something yeah yeah um but I think that it most likely would be a greatest hits tour I just can't imagine going into touring like lover folklore and evermore at the same time Mm -mm. we get enough whiplash from one album I can't imagine the whiplash we get from three albums at one time so yeah that's a great I think I agree with you. That would make most sense for her. How else would you do it? You know, especially with the re-records. Right. It's just all over the place right now. So come on, Taylor Swift, we're waiting. What she just just mm-hmm. never does it again. She'll do one like mega live performance on Good Morning America and call it good. I actually could see that because um, what was the last one that she sold tickets to? And I think it got canceled. The um... Is it the, the headlining performance? I think so. Yeah. Like she had some tour and I want to say this was like when COVID hit and then it got canceled and stuff, but it was, it was was like, she had like five dates or whatever. Oh, was that, that wasn't lover fest. It was the other one, right? The, the, what is Cause I know that she had, she had lover fest, but there were only like four dates in America. She toured like twice. That might be what I'm thinking of. Twice on the East coast, twice on the West coast. And then she was like all over the world instead because she was trying to take it to places that she had never been oh yeah and Loverfest was like that was gonna people were so upset about that like people were buying plane tickets to go to like Belgium to go see right. her and it's like the, well the reason she's going to Belgium is not for American fl- fans to like fly across the country and go to Belgium yeah. it's for the people because she's never toured there before so it's something I don't know Taylor Swift we're waiting come on girl yeah um coming full circle because we've gushed about it a lot um Mm -hmm. what would you rate sparks fly on a scale from one to 13 okay is one the highest uh no one is like the bottom 13 is like oh this song's perfect i play it at my like funeral okay (laughs) um i would probably give it an 11 Mm. or a 12 it's okay. very high. It's not a perfect score for me because there are just other songs from her that I love more. Um, but it's a nearly perfect, I wouldn't say it's a nearly perfect um, pop song, you know, um, but I would say it's or country or whatever. With <laughs> whatever happening during genre it is. <laughs> Who's to say? Um, but I think in terms of this very specific uh, time frame of Taylor Swift, like these first few albums, it's a nearly perfect song for that time. Totally. Um, yeah. So I think like in 11, I also rated the whole album um, and I had a lot of trouble and I actually don't even know if Sparks Fly is my number one on the album once I actually like sat down and went through it. That's and that's crazy because it's still such like you've still gushed about it and said it's such a great song and it like that just goes to show that you can, you know, love songs and still love other songs a little more just because it's not a perfect 13 doesn't mean it's not incredible. Yeah. And it's like the thing with... um taylor songs because they're so 
there's such a narrative sometimes like on a particular day it's just not your favorite song and then tomorrow maybe it will be like you right. i don't know for me it's like it changes all the time my favorites of hers absolutely and she's got a song for like every mood almost every situation it's the one day you're feeling coney island and the next year you know lover it's, it's mm -hmm. I hope that whoever's feeling that way is okay, but you know, <laughs> it's, it's variety. Yeah. You've got lots of options. Um, and okay. if you're you, you're always feeling cowboy like me. Uh, I love cowboy like me. That's my all time favorite Taylor Swift song. <laughs> I don't know if you ever noticed, but when you were posting all the cowboy like me slander, I really was like, oh, there's so much I could say. I'm going to keep my comments to myself. I, I, I think it's so <laughs> funny watching specifically twitter stands get so upset about me not liking cowboy like me you're a genius just don't know if they realize like every time you share that video it's a boost every time you screenshot it and take it to twitter and everyone comes back to leave me a hate comment about how i'm like a white twink with no taste it's like thank you for that three cents that you made me my comment yeah period <laughs> it's like i've like collectively from just cowboy like me hate videos I've made at least like 150 200 on TikTok and it's like if that's what it takes if saying that and saying that I hate Kurt Hummel is gonna make me bank I if my opinions on songs and fictional characters make me bank I don't care if I'm a white twink with no taste you're right go for it yeah at least I'm getting paid <laughs> right I mean I used to get yeah. insulted in high school for free at least I'm getting paid this time oh yeah wow you're so smart <laughs> thank you I'm a businessman <laughs> um okay so this last bit that I have for us is um Taylor Swift rapid fire um I've paired oh up God. two rather different songs some of them are a little similar um you I'm gonna give them to you you just pick which one you like most there's five rounds um okay and I love doing this at the end because I don't tell anyone I'm gonna do it and then we do it and it catches them off guard a little bit. So let's yeah. see. <laughs> Consider me caught off guard. I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> um, some of these are, uh, they're spread out across every album though. So um, okay. this first one is, this is me trying or lover. Lover. So true. Um, <laughs> White horse or last kiss. Last kiss. <laughs> the face that... you made right there. <laughs> I'm so glad that I have video for podcasts on Spotify now. <laughs> that was like a real, like, I got to put me first, Lucius. <laughs> You're right, though. Last kiss, last kiss. Um, mm -hmm. um, okay, lead singles, Willow or Cardigan? Willow. Mm, better Man or I Know Places? I Know Places. I Forgot That You Existed or Speak Now? I Forgot That You Existed. <gasps> oh, my gosh. That's a controversial opinion in and of itself. You jumped. You just social distanced from me, like <laughs> virtually. You just said, okay, <laughs> nice having you on the phone. I need to get six feet away from my computer. <laughs> um, no, that's funny. Cause I also prefer, I forgot that you existed over speak now, but like that's, that's controversial. Most people are like, I forgot that you existed as, a skip so well once again uh i will remind you that we are the only two people in the whole nation who enjoy happiness in a taylor swift song 
So it kind of makes sense. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I forgot that you, ex- I just, I love the simplicity of, I forgot that you existed. It's literally, it, people hate it because it's not like a complex song or it's cheesy, but the whole lover era is supposed to be cheesy and people are always like oh you can't hate that song on red because that was the point of red it was supposed to be whiplash and pure chaos all the way through it and then I'm like oh I really love I forgot that you existed and it's nice to have a friend and they're like that's so cheesy I was like that's the lover era it's supposed to be cheesy it's camp it's camp it I I this will make perfect sense to you because you're a theater kid Mm -hmm. um I did a whole lecture on um camp my my senior year we had a whole section of this class based on camp and two nights ago my boyfriend was looking at the Katy Perry tour and he was all the comments on it were like oh this is so camp so ahead of its time people just don't get Mm -hmm. it and he's yelling at me he's like this is camp Dylan and I was like did you take a camp course do you know anything about it and he was like he's like what and I was like the moment you say something is camp it's immediately not camp that's how camp works (laughs) yes uh like had someone said to me looked me in my eyes and said uh Katy Perry's uh show Las Vegas show is camp I think I would have just burst into tears I would have said okay maybe the world is ending (laughs) maybe it's over it's really I mean it's something else but I don't think it means it's camp um it's fun it's It's Katy Perry but it's not camp it's very Katy Perry um that's my my biggest concern for now is making sure my boyfriend knows what camp means because I always think about Carly Kloss at the Met Gala um (laughs) my friends and I say that all the time all the time (laughs) And I, it's, it's a hot take, but you know, Carly Kloss not being camp at the Met, at the camp Met Gala was essentially camp. She was, she was right. Have you ever heard about what RuPaul, like why RuPaul wore a suit to that no. Met Gala? Okay, so um, RuPaul showed up to the campier at the Met Gala in a plain tux, and. A lot of people use that picture and like on Twitter and stuff, they were like, wow, this like really was the worst camp year. RuPaul can't even give us camp. Like, what were we doing? And he was interviewed about it and he said, everyone else misunderstood the assignment so horrendously that I I thought that I was going to be at a camp event. And so I thought the most camp choice I could make was what if RuPaul showed up to the Met Gala not in drag, in a plain suit. And I I think about that all the time because like love or hate RuPaul, like that is so true. That is camp. That's like smart. that was so smart. Um, I think about that all the time when I think about that year. I, I just think like the camp Met Gala was like, it was a pivotal moment and lots of people who are like into celebrities, like, like those specific celebrities. And even the people who weren't on like Stan Twitter or social media even, I remember theater kids coming up and being like, did you see what Sean Mendez wore to the camp Met Gala? And I was like, he's just in a suit. <laughs> that is not camp. Yeah, Why are I you don't, I like have to, every time there's a Met Gala, I have to remind myself to just not look at what Sean Mendez wore because I know it will make me sad. Sean Mendez has no idea what any of the Met Gala themes are. I know that he doesn't dress himself anyway. He's got a stylist or None something. None of them do. It's like, like you get those like crazy, you get like Zendaya as like 
that Cinderella dress that she wore or Lady Gaga gotcha. with the crazy eyelashes. Casey Musgraves. Those are- Casey Came in a Barbie car. I literally like, I just don't get how all of the women, even <laughs> aside from Carly Claus, gives right. us everything. And Shawn Mendes shows up in a suit and we're all like, oh my God, Shawn Mendes wore this. And it's like, he wore that yesterday mm-hmm. too. And the day before. And- <laughs> Sean Mendes is going in his dirty clothes hamper and he's pulling it out and he's going to the Met Gala. He doesn't know where he is. <laughs> he just irons his clothes and then he goes. He hops uh, in an Uber. <laughs> I love that for you, Sean Mendes. If you're listening, mm-hmm. I just hope you know that you, you look great. You're not on theme, but you look great. Yeah, yeah. Good job, Sean Mendes. Um, those were all of my questions um, in a very chaotic but detailed discussion of Sparks Fly. We did discuss <laughs> Lover and Folklore and the Camp in that gala. People listening to this episode are like looking at the title. They're like, what song was it about? <laughs> be, I'm just going to rename it. It's not even going to be Sparks Fly. It's like discussing the Camp Met Gala with Abby. <laughs> Just it's the- gonna be uh Taylor Swift's entire discography, A to Z. <laughs> in in like 30 minutes, 40 minutes yeah. <laughs> with featuring the camp of Magallan, just to get yes. it. I love that. Um, okay, so the floor is yours if you want it. If you have anything else you'd like to share, whether it be about Speak Now or Fearless or the Matt Gala, um, you are you are giving I'm giving you the floor if you would like to say anything. Man, I don't think I have anything else to say. I think we've really said it all. I think... Um, and more. Oh, I actually have a question for you. Oh, I might have an answer. Um, What is your theory slash do we know? Because um, I'm kind of on the periphery of Taylor Swift's Stan internet. Um, but you're, you're on the ground. So I wanted <laughs> to know if uh, we know what the next re-record is going to be or what the deal is with that like where are we now I fully think it's speak now and I think that's just because of all the easter eggs she's dropped for speak now and I think that because she obviously can't record reputation there's no way she's going to wait a whole year to release another re-record my best educated swifty guess is that speak now would come out in like April or May in the spring um okay and i think that because i think she can't record night she can't re-release 1989 yet because of the shake it off lawsuit oh my god excuse me she can't re-record shake it off because or 1989 because of the shake it off lawsuit so she can't put that out yet so i'm 100 percent that that was supposed that like there's like that band 3l W or something that has I don't know if you watch the Cheetah Girls um but I'm familiar Adriana Ballone or Adrian Ballone however you say her last name um but her group apparently the the writers of the one of their songs is suing Taylor Swift for the lyrics and shake it off no haters gonna hate players gonna play um and she has to go present a case in court in front of a jury because people genuinely think that she stole the lyrics from them. So it's a huge lawsuit. So I don't see 1989 coming out anytime soon, unless that gets settled. But I think Hmm. that Speak Now is next. I'm going to say May. Everyone thought that it was coming on New Year's and then it didn't. So everyone's just looking at every single Friday waiting for something to happen. So Hmm. I don't know, but 
my guess is speak now and then if 1989 gets resolved 1989 reputation debut yeah. okay hot take i i only know what the, the the social medias tell me too so i just i like to wing my guesses well, if it makes you feel any better, I only know what your social media says. So <laughs> well, uh, if you I'm, say that, then I listen. <laughs> I'm honored to be your news source. <laughs> you really are. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Okay. Well, um, thank you so much for wanting to do this, obviously. Um, I really appreciate it. And taking time out of your afternoon to come chat about all things Taylor Swift with me. <laughs> of course. I was so excited to do this. Thanks for I, having me. Of course. Of course. Um, thank you to everyone who tuned in and listened because obviously you never have to so if you made it this far and you made it through sparks fly and folk lover evermore tour and the camp met gala i'm very <laughs> impressed i appreciate it i appreciate the listening and um yeah i hope you have a good rest of your day stay safe drink water wash your hands and i will speak to you in the next two days to talk about back to december um yeah have a good rest of your day adios